0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
1: I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Los Angeles! Angeles. Every week, we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your
0: beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles.
1: Welcome, Glamgelinos! We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Well, hey my little galentine. Happy Galentine's Day. We're so
0: cute. We
1: are so cute. <laughs> Listen, I know some of y'all chagrin at the thought of Galentines, but as a Leslie Nope stan, I can only support the term because we know that Leslie Nope created Galentine's Day on Parks and Rec. She is a fellow Capricorn and she is all that's good and pure in the world. So, Um, And we need to support each other. Queens supporting queens. Yes. There's nothing wrong with a Galentine. I I love a good Galentine. I have many. I love them all dearly. And we figured if we're going to celebrate Galentines and Valentines, that why don't we have somebody on this podcast that understands smell Mm -hmm. and fragrance and notes and just happens mm-hmm. to be from one of our favorite candle brands. Yep.
0: So you want me to say what it is? Oh, it is Matthew Herman <laughs> from Boy Smells. A modern
1: day nose. Do you think he co- considers himself a nose? I forgot. We forgot to ask him. I know. We should have asked. We we have not. For those listening that don't know what a nose is, what's a nose, Sarah? It is the person that is behind your f-
0: favorite fragrances so every house has a nose like chanel has a very famous nose it's a funny name because it's obviously like your nose yes and they are a nose dior has a movie actually that's coming out called nose that is all about the nose behind their fragrances so they're the one that develops yeah the fragrances and um it's like a very uh it's almost like a sommelier like there aren't very many noses in the entire world like you have to have a very specific I keep saying fucking nose like you have to just be really good at what you do like not everyone
1: can be a nose you sort of have to be like born with this gift I could never right? I could never be a nose I could never be a nose I cu- I could not even tell you what I'm smelling half the time like if I like a fragrance It's very difficult for me to articulate the notes or the scent that I'm smelling that makes me like it. I tie everything to emotion and memory so if i say i love tom ford neroli portofino obviously like neroli is a big part of that fragrance and it smells more tropical Mm -hmm. but it's also supposed to be androgynous so it's not like too fruity or anything like that totally but if somebody asked me why i liked it i would say because it reminds me of walking on a beach or being on vacation something like that you know Kirby I think
0: I am the same exact way because when I even drink wine it's really hard for and I've like taken wine tasting classes I can't articulate the different fruits and stuff
1: oh me me either it all kind of tastes like fruit to me but I don't know what fruit (laughs) You know, it's so hard. So um, I'm going to give a shout out to Tara Lipinski. She's married to Patrick's best friend, Todd. And one thing that like, you know about Tara when you meet her is that she loves a buttery Chardonnay. I could not tell you whether the Chardonnay was buttery or not. But now because of how when we go to her home or we're going on vacation with them or whatever, her and her best friends, they all love a buttery Chardonnay. And I feel like now I'm finally starting to pick up on what makes the Chardonnay buttery. Totally. (laughs) So when I bring when I bring wine over, I'm like, oh, so this is a buttery Chardonnay. Like, I hope you like it. She likes California Chardonnays. Is that what makes it buttery? Mm. I don't, Sarah, I don't know. What's the difference? Like, what (laughs) (laughs) I I am a I'm a simple i'm a simpleton from texas okay i don't i don't know the answers (laughs) (laughs) so that is all to say that being a nose or perfumer
0: is very difficult and neither kirby or I could be one. So we have a lot
1: of respect for our next guest. Yeah, so Matthew Herman is one part of Boy Smells. David Kean is his partner in Boy Smells. I remember when I first heard of Boy Smells, it wasn't even through my job. It was because one of my friends, RJ, was obsessed with Boy Smells. And they were available in Nordstrom and I was like, okay, maybe I need to look into this. And then they partnered with Casey Musgraves on the slow burn candle. I'm a Casey Musgraves stan. I will buy literally anything that she is <laughs> selling. So. That was my first intro to Boy Smells. I think this is a really unique brand. I think they're doing things a lot differently than a lot of other fragrance and candle brands currently. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that you're gonna learn a lot about fragrance and how that works. And like what a top note is. This is not smell you later,
0: sorry. So yeah, they could have much more eloquently explained what a nose
1: (laughs) is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But stay, stay a while (laughs) and listen to this. So Sable and Tynan, who are the co-hosts of Smell You Later, they, it's a completely wonderful fragrance podcast, and they are truly experts in fragrances. So if you want to learn more about fragrances, please go listen to their podcast. But um, yeah, we're definitely not Sable or Tynan. We're learning. We're, we're learning. learning. And like many of you, you may not understand like what a top note is versus a base note. I thought a top note was the note that... That you had the most note of. Exactly. 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 <laughs> the, l- lessons were learned during this podcast, but Matthew's on talking about the brand, also talking about their newest endeavor, which is fragrance. So he's going to get into their launch and why they're launching and different notes that make their fragrances so interesting. I also love that he
0: speaks about how you can light different candles and like combine them to create other moods in your home. Which is why I think Boy Smells is so successful because it is a brand that is for everyone and He will tell you that there is no right or wrong answer when you're describing, you know, uh, your favorite scent. Like you can like something for whatever reason. You can like the perfume that you wore when you were in middle school to this day, which is Kirby is love spell. What? What? (laughs) And mine is
1: pink sugar. What? What? I remember feeling so sexy wearing Love Spell. It was right around the time that I got into Victoria's Secret, and I was like, I'm wearing a thong under my jeans. Like, if uh, uh, that doesn't take you back in time, I don't know what is. The first time you started wearing yeah. thongs, which, by the way, I will never wear a thong ever again in my life. So, oh, we'll have to discuss that later. We will. Off air. All, <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. We will talk to y'all next week. Hello, Matthew. Welcome to Los Angeles.
2: Thank you so much. So happy to be here.
1: (laughs) We're both really big fans of voicemails. And I don't know if you can see in the background, but I have my slow burn.
2: I do. I noted it right away.
1: (laughs) You clocked it, obviously.
2: Yeah. And the denims on your other side.
1: Yes, I have that going right now. Both of them are lit. I saved the slow burn boxes because I think they're so gorgeous. Matthew's juggling two of his beautiful candles in his hands.
0: Matthew, what candles do you have lit right now?
2: This is a total experiment. So like, don't everybody run out and do this. But um, I have a Sneaking suspicion that our new Fleur Shadow Candle, which we just launched last week, and Slow Burn are going to smell really good burnt together. So maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll have like a positive result. Um, And I can make an official like suggestion, but I'm trying it out. We'll see how it goes.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd love that. Absolutely love a, a candle mixture moment.
2: Oh, totally. I love taking like our Candle Agua de Jardine Smells really great when you burn it with Palo Santo in the room. And sometimes I'll burn like copal incense with our rhubarb smoke. So I have a lot of little like tricks and manipulations I do when scenting the home.
0: Oh my gosh, that's like so advanced. I never think to do that. But that sounds lovely.
2: Well, I mean, I literally live and breathe this all day, so I might be going a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole than most people might want to.
0: No, no, it's great. Okay, so we are going to grill you on all things candles and fragrances, but before we get started, we want to talk about what you and your partner David were doing prior to launching Boy Smells. So you were both in fashion before moving into this you know, lifestyle home space, How did you guys all of a sudden come to the conclusion that you wanted to enter the fragrance and scents world? Like, did you have experience prior to it, you know, making candles for fun? Or, you know, what did your life entail in terms of, you know, fragrance and scents before starting Boy Smells?
2: Totally. So um, David was in fashion production, and he had been the head of production at elder statesman and then was at rails uh which is this kind of like cute plaid shirt company um for men and women and he was running head of production there and i'd always been in really high-end women's wear design i'd gone to a school in london called central saint martins and then worked in london um with a designer called giles and then i worked in new york for a bunch of really cool designers like in my longest longest period of design work was at Zach posen i was there for about four plus years. And then I moved out to LA to work for Nasty Gal, which was my kind of like first foray into more of a fast fashion model. So I guess it was kind of a perfect storm of a lot of things. You know, Boy Smells, and I can get into this a little bit later, but Boy Smells comes in a pink box. It's called Boy, but it comes in the pink. And like, you know, this kind of, we poke fun at being aside to gender and really more broadly kind of like anyone assigning any kind of you know predefinitions of what your identity should be you know especially when it comes to the products you relate to so we really believe that your ideal version of beauty should be what you see in the mirror every day and that you know old spice shouldn't be telling you to be smelling masculine and dove body wash shouldn't be like oh you'll be so much more feminine if you just use this product and the product that we create in the scent profiles that we create and the underwear and everything. It's all about really representing complex identity because modern identity is like layered and complex and contradictory. And just like, it's such a beautiful, like all the, all of my friends and all the people I know and the, the way that they like relate to identity is like so complex and beautiful and layered. And we really like to take traditionally masculine scents or fragrance notes and mix them with traditionally feminine. And then like throw in spices and fruits and all this sorts of stuff to like really create like these like scent cocktails that are like truly as beautiful and multifaceted as, you know, the people that we love. That's kind of really at the heart of everything. But when I got into fashion design, like this push pull between masculine and feminine, like the push between tailoring and drapery, which is masculine and feminine. I even like wrote all my, like my senior thesis at St. Martin's just around these ideas of like, you know, feminine values and masculine values. And I've always like really admired people like David Bowie and Annie Lennox and Grace Jones and just like all these people who've like kind of like been able to harness both their masculine and feminine side I see as like, like the most powerful, they're like the gods and goddesses of, you know, of our cultural history. And I really view them as like omni powerful, you know, in their like ability to like tap into things and I think we live in such a really cool time now where, you know, even with, I don't know, Harry Styles and Timothy Chalamet, like, you know, you see them and like little Nas X, like, you know, dabbling in more feminine ways of dressing. And of course, women have been kind of doing this for longer, but like, you know, something as simple as a boyfriend blazer and, you know, and like a really cool boot, you know, I think that like, you know, I view fashion and scent and identity All of these things, like I I see them mixed together and like we really want Boy Smells to represent kind of like a modern customer and like with a value system that's really just about being authentic. I always love scent and we just started ordering stuff off the internet and like mixing it together. I would not advise now knowing what I know about fragrance and the industry, that's not the way to go about it. I think we had a little bit of dumb luck and we kind of went into it blindly and it was a lot of trial and error. We took the first like two or three years of our business and kind of being like a smaller indie brand, really learning how to like truly understand how to make candles. And now as we venture into new product categories, obviously we have a little bit more of money to spend on product development. And we're really going about things the right way because we don't have the as long of a runway to dedicate to like trial and error but the first couple of years were really just kind of like bootstrapping figuring it out just gotta like you know trial and error i we have this funny story where when we were making candles it started out in winter and we noticed that like when our wax would cool really fast like sometimes it would crack you know like the wax would crack and we were like oh my god like what are we gonna do and we were like at that point we were like hand pouring everything at home so we would like Put on the fireplace and like put the candles like three feet away from the fireplace and like let them cool very slowly, you know, so that they wouldn't crack on top. And then the first time that we actually went to like a candle factory, once we got our P.O.s high enough to like that they would finally accept our business, we saw that they just had like heat guns from Home Depot and they would like remelt the top, you know, if the wax did crack. But we had we had no clue how to do it, you know. But I think that. As far as like being an entrepreneur and like starting a business, those like hard one sets of skills and hard one database of knowledge is just, it's so much more wealthy for us because we really have kind of gone through it. And like, we really do know our product intimately, you know, we don't just create the brand and like have some factory somewhere far off that we don't know anything about just make it for us. We're intimately involved in like the knowledge and science behind our candle making and we've learned so much in the past five years since we started the company.
0: I just have to say that I'm sure it was a lot more stressful and like messy but when you're describing you guys making the candles at home with all the candles lit by the fireplace like it sounds like such a calming and like even sexy environment to be working in all the time. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I mean, it was so much fun and so exciting. And it, I mean, it still is. I mean, right now in the business is the most excited I've been just because we have like the potential to do more with it because it's grown some, but it was so fun, but it was stressful too. Like, you know, we were like making candles in the same space where we were like cooking dinner. And then like, you know, a little bit of like rose fragrance oil gets on like a pot or pan and you cook dinner in it and you don't realize it till later. And like, all of a sudden, like, your grilled chicken it tastes like, you know, a candle that you made and you've just wasted an hour cooking, you know, <laughs> there were a few moments when I was like, I can't live like this anymore. <laughs> um, but luckily now we've we moved out of the house and, and into like a, a nice big office, a proper office. But yeah, those early days were highs and lows, but um, I look back on them like super fondly.
1: Matthew, is there a specific candle fragrance that you guys threw together at the beginning that worked and that you still provide?
2: So, um, Kush, Cedar Stack, Prunus, Gardener, and Petal, we've had those since the very beginning, and those are things we created in the house together. We have since worked with really big established fragrance houses to retro-engineer those fragrances. So they the exact same, if not better. They're also like now completely cleanly formulated and like reach Sephora clean standards and reach compliant. And, you know, basically all those like really goody lists that you want to be on for for clean and sustainability. They've all been like retro-engineered, but like those are all things that we created at the very beginning. And, you know, Kush is still one of our, I mean, all of those, a lot of those are, are still some of our very best sellers. And it wasn't really re- till about the past 18 months when we actually started developing things at the fragrance houses versus us developing them from scratch. So purple kush, cashmere kush, Junes, the, almost all of the things that predate the past 18 months are things that we literally poured together in our kitchen.
1: Okay. We have to talk about Casey Musgrave's this is one of my queens, one of my country queens. I'm from Texas, so. I am too. Yes, you are. That's one thing I did learn about you. How did that even come together? I think it was incredible that Smells was able to collaborate with her on Slow Burn, especially when she won the Grammy. This was like the height of her career and she was coming out with this collaboration. So can you talk to us a little bit about that?
2: Casey just DM'd us on Instagram and sent us a picture of Kush and on her tour, she was like, I fucking love you guys. Like, Kush is my favorite candle. That's it. Bye. Thanks. And like, it was just like really cute. Like, so Casey, really heartfelt, but like with a little bit of a sense of humor. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. I was like, like I think two years before we'd seen her open for Willie Nelson on like New Year's Eve because Willie always does like a New Year's Eve show at Austin City Limits and I'd seen her there and then we'd seen her a couple maybe like a year after that in Marfa at the Transpacus Music and Love Festival and I was like I saw you here and I saw you here and like and I remember when she first came out because on the Grammy she was like right out of the gate and she had the song like follow your arrow and she had like a light up dress you know like, like with cactuses and neon signs on it and I was like this girl's crazy I love her you know like she's just like you know with such a kind of a like liberal message to her song being in the country music genre I was like okay she's obviously like a, a cool chick and then when I saw her live I was like she's yeah she's really cool so we just started kind of getting to talk and I was like you know come by our studio if you're ever in L.A. She's like, yes, that'd be so cool. She was like, we should do a collab. And, you know, we kicked around some ideas. And then they invited me up to New York to see one of the shows where she had a couple of nights sold out at Radio City Music Hall. I went to see the show. It was so cool. Seeing like such a broad cross-section of audience. Like you're seeing like young, old, straight, gay, like like all like races. It was just like, it reminded me a lot of like the cross-section that like Dolly Parton reaches. You know, it's like everybody kind of loves them. And seeing all these like, especially like younger queer kids, like just being like so inspired and like feeling like seen by her and like all of them singing along. I was like, oh my God, this is actually like so impactful to see kind of like how people love her. And then the next day we went and like to all the per- the fragrance houses and like tried out all this stuff and like created Slow Burn together. And like going back to like the brand message of Boy Smells of kind of like breaking down like gender expectations and gender norms and things like that, you know, Casey, is this like super cool female writing and producing her own stuff in this like super conservative, hyper male dominated um, country music scene. And I think that that scene is changing and a lot of like cool representation happening there. But I think that, um, you know, Casey's just a female doing things her own way, like despite what anybody else thinks. And that's like really aligned with our personal values of smells. And so doing a collaboration with her is like a no brainer we genuinely like have a mutual affection for each other's kinds of like point of view
1: i love that she reached out to y'all that's incredible not a lot of people can say that trust no one's just getting dms from casey musgraves on a a normal basis
0: (laughs) okay we're going to talk about obviously uh your fragrances but we want to talk about candle maintenance real quick Because I feel like there's a lot of things that people get wrong or a lot of things that people don't really know about what it takes to use a candle to its fullest capabilities or maintain it in the right way. So what do people not understand about getting the most out of their candles? Do you really need to burn a new candle for an hour? What are the rules?
2: I think one thing that people sometimes don't understand is that altitude, humidity, wind, temperature, like all of these things actually go into kind of affecting your candle burn. So it's not like there's one recipe that's a one size fits all for everyone. And I know that that's also really hard to explain when somebody has like a tunneling candle or something like that. So my suggestion is for kind of like a blanket Statement of like what will get you the most out of your candle. We always suggest to burn till the pool of wax reaches the edge of your candle for the first burn. We always suggest to trim your wick, and that's not that's really more so it doesn't smoke and the flame doesn't get too big, but it's not really going to get more longevity or like a better burn. That's not going to like really necessarily affect as much like the pooling of the wax. And then You know, a lot of people get really discouraged when there's a little bit of wax on the edge of your candle as you burn it down. And each candle and each fragrance and the chemical composition of that fragrance requires that you like test different wick sizes as you like develop the candle itself. So one candle might have like a slightly thicker wick so that it reacts the right way. One candle might have a slightly thinner wick so it reacts the right way. We tend to to try to go with the smallest wick size possible because it's the safest and it doesn't, it radiates the least amount of heat. So there's the least amount of chance that your candle is going to overheat. So sometimes that does mean that a little tiny bit of wax is left on the edges. And I think if it's less than a quarter of an inch, I think that that's like a successful burn. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't get the most out of this. There's such a waste of wax and stuff like that. I think that, um, Candles that get too hot and burn too fast tend to not, in my opinion, are not the cleanest burn. So, And we at Boy Smells are like super responsive to all of our customer feedback and stuff. So if you ever have a bad burn with one of our candles, we will replace it. But, um, you know, I, I don't get, try to get too hung up on like the perfect burn because there's so many environmental factors that can just really affect it. Like one household to another household, you know.
0: So do we need a lid for our candles?
2: I do not think that you need a lid for your candle, but if you want the lid for your candle, girl, put a lid on it. (laughs) I do suggest trim it. Don't let it burn next to any kind of like drafty way or like next to a fan or next to your AC. Like you wouldn't light a fire in the wind. So just like common sense stuff, but uh, also try not to get too hung up on the perfect burn.
1: Boy smells is launching what you are calling genderful fragrance. Genderful is one of those adjectives that Boy smells uses throughout the brand. Sarah and I have both had the opportunity to smell and wear these fragrances for the past couple of months at this point. I am a huge fan, mostly because I like androgynous type fragrances. I don't like to smell really too feminine. I mean, actually, I would prefer to smell masculine to be completely honest, because for instance, while I do use the Dove deodorant, I also am a huge fan of Old Spice deodorant. Okay, I just think it smells better and it wears better. So talk to us about this fragrance launch. How long has it been in the making? And how long like how did you decide what fragrances you wanted to launch with i think this would be my biggest hurdle trying to figure out how to narrow it down
2: well that's why we're launching with five and not one (laughs) because it's next to impossible so yeah we're calling it we call it cologne de parfum genderful fine fragrance so just kind of in the same way that i talked about earlier like it's called boy smells but it comes in a pink box we just thought it'd be funny to call it cologne de parfum just to like that nod of masculine and feminine and you know you're so right like kirby when you're talking about like you like to like wear something that's like smells more masculine when i was working in fashion you know like right before we go into like present some big meeting like in front of the president or the ceo or whatever i'd be like spraying like tulip by byredo which is like so feminine i look across and my girlfriends are spraying like tuscan leather by tom ford and you know i can see that like People were really like harnessing some like extra power by kind of crossing the scent binary. And I think that that's really common. And I think that it's a really, seems to be like a really safe place for people to like play with like gender norms, like in scent in particular, like all my girlfriends love to wear masculine scents. And like all the guys I know like to wear like something with Rose or something with Lily of the Valley or like, you know, the combination of feminine and masculine is like, really what's so exciting to me in a fragrance. So when we talk about gender fullness, it's really talking about like, you know, genderless. I just don't resonate with that word. Like I've never been somebody to like wear like a linen shirt, you know, like or like a linen sack dress and just like only want to wear like sandalwood. Like, like, you know, I'm a gay man and I all of my icons are women, but like I identify as a man. And I think that there's like so much more to my gender and the way I want to smell than just like a traditional cologne or a traditional perfume. And I think that that really goes the same for like all of my girlfriends. Like they all want to wear, you know, something that is like just a lot more dimensional than like maybe what is expected of them. And I think that that's really at the heart of like creating each of these scents, like taking something traditionally feminine, mixing it with something that's traditionally masculine, and then just like adding on all these different layers of like spice and fruits and just like personality and just creating some scents that are truly unique and like, you know, can invoke that, what I call like full spectrum identity, like really tapping into like your full spectrum of power, like a really broad sense of who you are and hopefully like, You'll buy one, you'll discover something about yourself, you'll discover a scent that you love about it. You know, you can own multiple ones on one day, you can kind of, you know, if you need to really go out and dominate, like get it done, like you can wear one scent If you want to wear another one when you're feeling more sensitive and want to like present more vulnerability, all of that kind of like layered sense of identity. Right now, taste, politics, sexuality, like those aren't like stagnant destinations anymore. Like it's a journey. So we really want to make sure that, you know, everyone's discovering and growing and evolving rather than being like, I think like, you know, maybe in our parents' age, you know, it's like my mom might pick like Chanel number five and just wear that for the rest of her life, you know? And I think our fragrance is really meant for try, discover, re-express out into the world and then move on and like discover something new about yourself, internalize that and then express it back out. I want everything that we do at Smells to be about like identity and progress versus like identity as final destination.
1: I really love that. I think that fragrance when you wear it in society, normally, it's very definitive. The way I smell is expressed to the world. And it's supposed to, you know, I guess, indicate your personality or what you like or dislike, you know, on that note, I need to know how you decided on the names and figuring out each of these individual fragrances. Because let me just name a few of these. There's tantrum, which I'm like, hell yeah. Am I gonna be a little bitch today? i want to put on some tantrum. Then we've got Rose Load, which I think is like a little cheeky. And then my personal favorite fragrance of them all is Suede Pony. I didn't know if I was necessarily going to like it because I'm gonna be 100 with you. I am terrified of horses. Had a really bad horse incident as a child. So the horses kind of freaked me out in general. <laughs> so when I saw Pony, I was like, uh. Fragrances are tied to memories too, right? So I'm like, is this going to smell like a horse? And then I'm going to have PTSD from this thing. So... Yeah, Matthew really wanted you to smell like a horse, Kirby. (laughs) Hey, listen, some horses smell great. We don't know what Matthew's up to, okay? But the suede pony, it really does, I mean... It's it's amazing how you encapsulated that suede smell because I don't know how you would even begin to do it, but there's pineapple, there's saffron, there's violet, hazelnut, I mean patchouli, all of my favorite scent notes are in this. And it I wouldn't think that just from the name.
2: Uh, totally. It's like honestly, if somebody read out to me the olfactive notes on that one. I think I would be like, I don't know if I'm gonna like that. You know, <laughs> like it was, it's weird. There's like plum in there and there's like a little bit of cinnamon and like it's just like there is like coconut and like you're kind of like, oh my god, like this is gonna be like psycho. Like I, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna like like this, but it's one of my favorites too. Um it has this beautiful, warm kind of patchouli and suede, kind of ambery, like hazelnutty like core. That is both like hyper sophisticated, but like a little bit yummy too. And then we layer on all of these spices like saffron and a little bit of cinnamon. And I think there's some pepper in there and it gives it like this attitude. So you kind of go with like super sophisticated and like a little bit yummy. And then you add on like all this attitude and then you add in those like a little bit of these fruit notes on top, which give it like a tiny bit of tropicality. And like, I don't like tropical scents. And this is like literally one of my favorite scents in the world. A little bit of coconut, a little bit of plum, and a little bit of pineapple. And it sounds so weird, but like it's, I don't know, it's like the most chic and sophisticated, like wild horse, like running on like a tropical island beach by itself. I joke, it's like, be your own ride or die with a uh, suede pony. You know, it's like individual, like super tons of personality in it, but like still very sophisticated.
1: So I know that I asked you about naming these and narrowing them down. But I actually think a more interesting question for our listeners right now is the scent notes. When you talk about the core and the top note is, can you explain to people what they're actually smelling? Like when it comes to those notes, like how does a person realize what they're smelling? If that makes sense?
2: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I also I've learned so much about this in you know the past couple years. You know, when we started Boy smells and started making candle fragrances, I didn't truly understand it as I do now. But um, when we talk about top, middle, and base, or like top heart and base, um, or sometimes if people call it top heart and dry down. We're talking about the size of the actual scent molecule itself. So, really fresh things like herbaceous things, citrus, lemon, like cardamom, and these like spices, those have like really small, smaller molecule size, and they actually lift off of the skin and burn up the most quickly. So, um, when you spray a fragrance on you, you know, those small molecules with the alcohol are going to like kind of like evaporate the most quickly. So that's kind of like the first impression that you get when you smell a scent. And then you go into your, the heart or the middle, and that's going to be the medium-sized molecules. That's going to like last on you longer throughout the day. It's really kind of usually like truly the heart and the body of the scent. It's going to give it its fullness. It's going to be kind of usually the predominant things that you smell it's like um if you think about it as far as like treble and bass you know and sound it's like right in the middle like when you said it like they got a really good equal and those are kind of like usually the most distinctive notes within the fragrance i would say and then those top notes are like more expressive give it a little bit of attitude your bass notes and your dry down notes those are going to be like the biggest and fattiest molecules in the scent Those are going to be like heavy woods, oud, patchouli, vetiver, those like really kind of like big uh, labdanum, uh, some like resinous things like copal or frankincense. Those are going to be like the big juicy ones. And those are the ones like like when you wear a fragrance and you're wearing a sweater and then like three days later, you like pull that sweater back out and you smell it. You know, like that's like what's going to be like left behind because those are the ones that are the heaviest are going to stick around. So when you wear a fragrance throughout the day, you know, you spray it on you, the top's going to be super present, then the top's going to become slowly weaker, and like the heart's going to be like much more present, and then slowly that will fade out a little bit, and then the base notes are going to really be more present. That's kind of like the idea of the fragrance.
0: Sarah, did you know this? No, not at all. I like completely misunderstood the meaning of all the top and base notes. Same. Like, you explained it so beautifully. Like, now I understand when I am looking at a fragrance, like, how it's supposed to smell on me.
1: It made me realize... That I feel like if you're going to go and test a perfume in a store, go and spray it because you might like that initial spray, mm-hmm. but then throughout the day, you might be like, why do I smell like this? I don't want to smell like this. I think that's absolutely fascinating. I never really understood. I always thought top notes meant they were prioritized more.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally.
1: So that they were heavier. So that's what it would smell like, like more often than not. But it totally makes sense that it's based on the size of (laughs) the scent particle. So thank you so much for explaining that. I think you just helped out so many people in their fragrance endeavors.
2: It's fun. It's really fun to like also kind of like pinpoint like what you love most about a fragrance, the beginning, the middle, or the end. And like also to kind of like take that day journey with the fragrance, you know? I think that there's something like very like human kind of about, you know, the day-long scent journey and how it changes and how, you know, you start your day bright and sunshiny and then, you know, at the end of the day, the sun sets and things quiet down, you know, and I think that there's something kind of exciting about wearing a scent for the whole day and it kind of changing and interacting with your skin and interacting with your own like pH balance to kind of, you know, it really becomes a part of you. So
0: I want to go back and touch on what Kirby was talking about, how fragrance is, you know, often tied to memories and emotions. You know, you smell something and it just like instantly brings you back to, you know, a person or a moment in your life. And I know that there is a lot of studies that have been done, you know, that confirm this and say that, you know, certain scents can make you feel sexier or, you know, can evoke like certain feelings on this journey from, you know, creating fragrances for the candles and then now, you know, cologne de parfum. Was there anything interesting that you guys learned about how scents affect people and make them feel?
2: Yeah, so the way that we approached these first five scents and the way that I really think about things is really based on emotion, you know, and having gone to art school and like just being a visual learner and a visual individual and emotionally visual, I guess, you know, like a lot of like art and photography and things like that, like do trigger, you know, emotional responses from me as an individual, we created mood boards for each of these scents that drew on art you know, people we admired, like iconic photography of people that we admired, artists that we loved, things like that. And then when I create a mood board, or even when I create a Pinterest board or whatever, you know, I'm collecting a bunch of images that might not be totally obvious as to how they're associated to each other or like how they're interconnected. But when you put them all together, you know, there is these kind of invisible dotted lines of kind of emotions or impressions or attitudes, like the ways in which they're they're like subconsciously similar or tied together is to me, like really similar to how a scent can like subconsciously kind of just trigger an emotion or a reaction to you. So, you know, making sure that they were genderful was really important. Making sure that they had that spectrum of masculine, traditionally masculine to feminine scent notes was really important. But I feel like each one kind of gives you like a color impression. Like Violet Ends is another one that's like one of my favorites. And it's got, you know, beautiful like rhubarb, black pepper, and like violet on the top. And then it goes into like black tea and incense and tobacco. And then it goes down into the dry of like orris and birch and leather and papyrus. And so to me, this gives like this dusty mauve purple kind of like super sophisticated kind of almost like an aura to it, you know? And I love the fact that there's like all this kind of like aliveness and growth in it with the violet and the rhubarb and the black pepper and a little bit of bergamot on top. There's, like, all this life. But then on the other side, there's, like, the black tea and the tobacco and the leather and the papyrus. And, like, that gives this other kind of, like, Moodiness that's like less vibrant. And to me, the combination of the two and the juxtaposition of the two like give me this impression of a color, which I think is really beautiful. It's like a spectrum of color of almost like a dusty gray to like a muted violet. I don't go so much on like history of scent memories but I know that I like certain things because I have positive associations with them through my history. And so I kind of have like a collective group of things I like and a few like olfactive notes that I don't like, probably because of my personal relationship to them. But it's really about then combining them into something that feels like very modern and strikes an emotional chord that is familiar to me just based on like art and history and pop culture figures and that I respect and like I see commonality and like certain points of view.
0: Will you answer that question? We were going to ask if you avoided any notes because of certain memories or emotions.
2: Yeah, I guess I don't love super gourmandy scents, like things that smell like baked bread or like a lot of vanilla things like that. Like things that like like really smell edible. I don't love. But that said, I do love incorporating every once in a while some of those notes in a scent, like. I think Suede Pony, which we mentioned, there are actually like some slightly gourmandy notes like coconut and hazelnut and that pineapple note, but it's done in a way that's like super sophisticated and great, but I don't like to feel like I want to eat what I'm smelling. It can smell yummy. I hate reproducing exactly like edible scents, you know?
1: I totally feel you on that. So this is my question then. If I was going to create my own fragrance and I wanted to exude power or sex what notes do you typically go to kirby
0: needs to create like a mood board first
2: well that would presuppose that there are universal ideas around what's sexy which i don't think is true but i think like you know sexuality and stuff like that is like so individual to everyone and i know that like you know certain people feel like leather is just like orchid is like just sexy no matter what you know but to me personally i think Rose is incredibly sensual no matter what. And I think that violet is the same way. And I think that both of those scent notes to me, when they're mixed with things like leather, mixed with things that are like spices or, you know, like turned on their head, I think that both of those scents are kind of like previously, maybe like five, 10 years ago, were thought to be kind of like mom scents or grandma scents. And now, They're being, like, rediscovered and, like, reinterpreted by younger, cooler perfumers to be, like, something, like, really new and really exciting. I always think, like, a little bit of smoky is always a little sexy, too, you know? I still think that that kind of, like, a little bit of edge, like, a little bit of tanned leather, a little bit of tobacco, a little bit of bois, you know, a little bit of smoky woods, like, that, when you combine something that's more vulnerable, to me, like, I'm also like kind of describing like what a sexy individual is to me is like where they like wear their vulnerabilities on their sleeve, but they're also there's a little bit of grit to them and like they're a little bit of edge. Like to me, that's a sexy person, and that those are sexy you know characteristics in a human being. So I think that can be mirrored in a scent structure too.
1: Okay, so now we're gonna go to true or false fragrance addition. Fragrances are meant to be worn alone and not layered.
2: I layer a lot of my fragrances, but if you are a purist, I would say no. But if you have a little bit of imagination and want to go there, then yes.
0: I love that answer. Okay, next. Perfume should be applied to your skin and not your clothes.
2: Both. I think that you should spray on your pulse points. So on the veins of your neck and the veins of your wrists. And then I also like to spray in the air and then do like a nice walk through to make sure that like my outfit's also like, you know, embedded with the scent.
1: It's the mix. It's the mix. Fragrances can smell different on different people.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I would say universally, unless it's like a really cheap fragrance that doesn't have very many naturals in it, I would say that it should smell different on different people. And that's kind of the beauty about it.
0: Your scent preferences change as you get older due to sense of smell, which is why when we're teens, we like to smell like cupcakes. And when we grow old together, Kirby, we both will want to smell like rose gardens.
2: I don't know if that's true or false. I would say that I am I personally, as an individual, have become more subtle and sophisticated in how I express myself with more nuance And I would say that my scent preferences have evolved in a similar way.
1: I actually still stand this body spray from Victoria's Secret called Love Spell. It's like peachy as hell. Matthew, you would hate it because it has that like edible (laughs) smell to it. But I keep it in my bathroom and I'll spritz it when I want to feel a little like zinger. But I have totally noticed, I'm getting into the rose scents, but I think it's based on how it's formulated with other fragrance notes i used to hate it
2: but take it somewhere unexpected
1: yeah
0: you also smell different than you used to smell too i feel like you know the oils of your body mix with the scents differently than it used to that's what i think i'm not an expert but
2: i gotta say totally being honest I still stand by a uh, baby blue jean by Versace. It's like what I wore in middle school, and I still think it smells good. Well,
1: there you have it.
2: I have a lot of love for my younger self, <laughs> you know?
1: Yes, we all should. We need to be kinder to our younger selves. Exactly. And it brings you back. It's just incredible that that scent can do that, you know? Like nothing else can. Last true or false, there's no rule for how much perfume you should apply. <laughs>
2: No, There is no rule for that.
0: What's your method? Like, how much do you apply? If we drink a glass from you, like, we can taste your your fragrance?
2: No, not that much. But I like to do, like, maybe two or three on the wrist and, like, one or two or three up on the neck area. And then, like, I'll reapply at lunch, you know, which I think is probably a lot more than a lot of people would wear. But I also, like, work in candles and fragrance so like it's really hard to kind of like cut through the olfactive noise at the office you know because there's a lot going on we've got like all of our samples out we've got new things coming in we've got people packing out huge orders in the back so there's a lot going on in there so I lay it on a little thick just because one I'm probably really excited about what I'm wearing because it's probably something new I'm working on and then also you want people to smell you before they see you.
0: Okay, we ask our guests this question, every guest, because this is Los Angeles. Let's say you become a famous actor. Who is your dream co-star besides David? Who is in this movie with you? And it can be any sort of movie.
2: I mean, Meryl Streep, obviously. (laughs) I only want to work with the best, you know?
0: Is this like a drama? Are we doing like a buddy cop? Like what's going on?
2: I guess like a dramedy. It has humor, but it's like one of those comedies that you cry in, hits really close to home and pulls on your heartstrings, but it has a sense of humor and optimistic.
1: One thing I love about Matthew is that he is so on brand. He loves the yin and the yang. So he, he wants a dramedy. He is gender full. I, I love that that's been the through line this entire interview. I love it.
2: Yeah, basically I'm just greedy.
1: No, we don't call that greed here.
2: No, no, no.
1: And that
0: is why you guys are so successful and so popular with everyone is because you have that yin and yang. And like I said earlier, you want the best for everyone. You want the Merrill of the candles for everyone and fragrance.
2: Everyone should be the star of their own movie, 100%. (sighs)
0: Exactly. Well, we can't wait for everyone to smell these fragrances. And thank you so much for coming on. We've learned
1: so much, we now know what top and base notes are, Kirby. (laughs) I'm embarrassed that we did not know that after all of our years of writing and reporting on this stuff. Well,
0: that's why they have fragrance editors. Like, it's a very specific
1: art to understand. True. We need to get the duo from Smell You Later over on this podcast so we can do a collab with them. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us today on Los Angeles. And thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Los Angeles Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And join us on Facebook at Los Angeles Glam We hope to see you there.